podcast today. It is Wednesday, December 8th. Hopefully you've had a fine, warm, tire pressure light free beginning of your week. Uh, for, for me, it's the unofficial start of, well, it's the official start of winter when uh, my tire pressure light goes goes on or off. It's on now. And uh, the the painful, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the painful dichotomy that I have with that is, <clears throat> it's obviously very cold. It makes the air pressure go down. You need to put some air in the tires. Yeah, but then it's cold, so you don't want to go out there and put the damn air in the tires. <laughs> you want somebody else to do it. One thousand percent. Thankfully, <laughs> like there's a warm front coming, like over the weekend, and then again next week it'll I'm be in the mid sixty. So I'm glad we once again connect with that. I'm gonna hit up the zoo with the babies. Um, when Thursday next Thursday next Thursday when it's like super warm, sixty three. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll take it. Nobody it, take my idea because you got to schedule a time. So I don't want it to be sold out. When uh, it's funny, uh, you you saw my Mexico pictures. I did not know you went on a solo trip. I am impressed and jealous of your bravery. It wasn't bravery. I mean, it is to me. Okay. So when are we going to go on a trip? Because I thought you just don't do trips, you know? Uh, see, back then it was easier because I only had one dog. Uh, and then I knew when I got two dogs, I was making it much harder on myself to get anybody to dog sit. You have so many friends that could do that, though. I know. I would want them... I think I would want someone to stay at the house. To stay at the house. Oh, yeah. Because Absolutely. I don't want to hear that Andre ate you out of house... Ate and shit you out of house and home... Mm-hmm. For you watching him, mm-hmm. um, two people have pride in me that, that that I need to take a vacation, like or go on vacation. You do, you do. Um, but when I came back, I've two, okay, two quick stories. Well, you've never heard these before. <laughs> so I was coming back, and um, I was getting uh, I, I I disembarked the plane mm-hmm. and walking through I guess customs or whatever here at the Detroit airport, and there was a couple a little older than me. At the time, uh, and I was like within the sh- within their walking shadow, and uh, the customs agent, and this is they're like serious police people or something. Like they have a lot of authority, maybe not the agent, but the security. Before I was officially back in America, or Detroit, or Romulus, um, said something about hey, like can I see your passports? And then can I see? And then they they showed them or whatever, and then. They thought I was with, the guy thought I was with them. Mm-hmm. And so the guy, they said no. And the guy's uh, alert went up immediately. Uh, a young white male uh, coming back from Mexico alone with just a small bag. And I, <laughs> uh, he started to ask me some questions. And in my head, I'm thinking, all right, Captain America, chill out. Like, he didn't believe that I went to and from by myself, on my own. Like an episode of Narcos. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I wasn't a dick, because I didn't want to fuck around with these people. Yeah. Um, But then he took me over to his friend, who was a much larger black guy than this dude. <laughs> and he's like, do you have anything in your bag? I'm like, I have a snow globe. And Captain America was just kind of like shaking his head and put his hands on his hips because he thought I was like talking shit or mm-hmm. like, oh, you got yeah, snow globe. That's where they put all the cocaine. <laughs> Check it. <laughs> I said to the guy, I was like, 
I I actually have a snow globe that I bought for my my brother in Mexico. He, his girlfriend collects them, and we got to talking about me and radio and stuff. And he was very oh, nice. They did talk to you then. The, the the guy was searching my my bags because he clearly knew his friend was like on some kind of roid rage thing, and he like tacitly apologized for his behavior. And so I did not know that some like at our airport, your things get searched if they feel like if something happens in the security process. But at like European airports, everybody's stuff gets searched. All of your stuff has to be in plastic um, bags, and it has to be transparent so it can be seen. Um, and all of your stuff is searched. So when you're going through security and taking your shoes off and your jewelry off and putting your stuff in your bins, when you're done, your stuff is also to be opened and looked through. So it's not random. It's everyone, which I find to be strange. And I have yet to travel anywhere where they don't try to go through my bun. Like my hair is almost always in a bun because I'm lazy. So this is a la- this is like an old bun, so it's a little small. Normally, you know this. Normally, they're a little bigger and. Almost always, somebody puts gloves on and puts their hands through my bun. That's where the drugs and the foreigners are. Yeah, and maybe a dildo or two or something. Mm. Um, so they've got to stick their hands in my hair to make sure I don't have a bomb in there, which is ridiculous. And um, I love the customs agents. I think they're funny. There were some really handsome ones when I went to France, and they did not, like... <laughs> I tried to be funny. I forgot what I was doing. It was pretty embarrassing. And I like made a joke and he didn't budge. Like he looked up at me and then looked back down at my passport and said, "Have a nice day." But the French don't like Americans, so not even the black ones. Um <laughs> let me update my traffic cuz this uh, bad accident has cleared. So hold on Great. one second. 75 northbound is clearing now, just past the state line. We do have an accident. Lasky at Douglas and Tremainsville, an already busy area. Might want to avoid that if you can. That's your Cumulus Toledo right now traffic. There was a larger reason I brought that up. Um, going back to you going to lights before mm-hmm. on um, on a warm day. Mm-hmm. So that was a Friday. I was coming back and um, I was keeping an eye on the weather reports to see how I should dress um, when I, for coming back, I'm obviously leaving 88 and beautiful. Am I coming back to 28 and frigid? <laughs> Probably um, not. In fact, no, I was not. It was a 60 degree day here in North, in Northwest Ohio. And when I got to Detroit, so when I went to go pick up Diddy that night, I was coming out of downtown and I had to get on the trail. You know where that, that change is, right? Mm-hmm. I know it's all different now, yeah. but I tried to get out of downtown. I couldn't. Because of traffic? Yep. To get to the zoo? Yep. Oh, God. Good. To, well, I feel like that's not going to happen this year because they're only allowing a certain number of people. Um, like, they have time slots when you go yeah, to the zoo. Yeah, so you have to make those reservations. So I feel like that's that can't happen this time. But um, I've kept it in mind. So I'm excited to go with the boys. I love our zoo. It's fantastic, and I would prefer to go at night. We went to... Um, did they do a halfway point zoo lights? I think they did in the summer, and I went. Like a Christmas in July zoo lights. They might have. It was a one night only, and we went to that, and it was really warm. And when we were leaving, there was like a nice thunderstorm. And like when it gets warm like this in um, December, the atmosphere is really unstable. So that's usually when we get tornadoes. Like in Ohio, our torna- a lot of our tornadoes, especially in our area, were in November. <laughs> so um, I don't remember. Yeah, well, because they were right where I lived. So um, I'm very familiar with that. So hopefully we don't get any of that disgustingness. Fine. I think so. I You'll think the fine. news would start reporting on it by now if it was going to be that bad. But 
I'm excited for it. I'm I'm happy for a 63 day in December. Just uh, just remember before you get all eaten up inside, at least half of the people getting happily and merrily engaged in front of that tree are going to hate the other person in no short time. Why is that? That's just the way the numbers play out. I mean, I didn't even think about that. I, I I'm past that phase in my life. <laughs> But I didn't even think about that. I just go for the lights and the animals. There's a couple tigers that are usually a little aggressive around that time of night. So it's fun to watch, but I watch at a distance. I'll be the first one out of there if something gets loose. Oh, the t- I thought you meant <laughs> what? What's more fearsome, people getting engaged or the tigers getting loose? Tigers getting loose. Mm-hmm. I kind of roll my eyes at the people getting engaged. No I, offense. I I'm deal, engaged. I deal with the tigers it would be less damaging for me. I'd rather deal with tigers and any potential violence or tearing from limbs I have to deal with rather than what I might say to someone who's getting engaged. Like, don't do it. Don't. You're going to hate him in three years. <laughs> I would, Don't do that. If you do that, I would smack you. Like the visual representation of me smacking you upside the back of the head and your hat popping off. Like I would, I would totally do that. Don't do that. But at the same time, I might turn and look at someone and tell them, "Get up! <laughs> the ground is wet." Half of all engagements end in divorce. <laughs> um, speaking of lights, we're terrible. You, I, we're not terrible. We're just speaking facts. <laughs> I'm engaged. Okay, so I don't want to hear about those Fif- facts. Fifty-fifty. Um, speaking of lights, I don't know if you even read the article, but there was something in the Blade the other day, and it wasn't necessarily local. It might have been regional. It, might have been, it was from Ann like Arbor. Blade News Source. What, was it there? Ann Arbor. Um, so light pollution is a thing, and I know you've explained it to me, and, and it's more, I guess it's more technical than that. Like, it is actual pollution, mm-hmm. um, and it can be damaging to the environment. Uh, carbon dioxide or something like that. It, yes, so the light pollution is damaging to the environment, but it's also damaging to the wildlife. I think that's my, that might be the only time people know anything about light pollution when there's a big push to remember to turn your lights off or remember to you know have your lights dim around this time of year and around this time of day because the the birds are migrating and um, the darkness helps them to see better. So, which I, you would think it's the opposite because if there was lights, they could see where they were going, like headlights. But no. Um, and then it just makes it more difficult for you to see the night sky. So that's also, I mean, a very basic issue with light pollution is you just aren't able to see the night sky. I remember my first time ever seeing the Milky Way. Like you can see it with your natural eye, but you have to go, you have to drive further south into Ohio. And, well, at least where I was. I was further south into Ohio and in an area that didn't have as much light pollution. And I remember saying, what is that? And they said, that's the Milky Way, Alex. <laughs> like I've never seen it. It literally does look like a kind of a blurry cluster of stars. It is, is light pollution the right way to explain that? Because when I think of pollution, I think of like, I, and I guess it is damaging to mm-hmm. your vision of seeing the, the larger universe. Mm-hmm as opposed to the more long-term effects of maybe hindering wildlife or whatever mm. else. I think there's and a it, component of it. And we, we use more energy, I suppose, mm-hmm. as well. Um, not that someone will twist this into, it's another war on Christmas! <laughs> um, I, I remember being in awe the first time I saw pictures of places that didn't have lights, 
and somebody somebody put in the post like this is this is what the universe this is what the stars should look like but we have so many lights in in our cities and they posted like this is not filtered this is not this is just in a place where there is not a lot of light it's now, spectacular i'd be terrified to be out there in the middle mm-hmm. of the night listening for wild animals but it's beautiful to look up and see and i've always wondered about the milky way galaxy like you said you can see it mm-hmm. how do we see it if we're in it I have no idea because it's that big. I don't know. It's that big. So that's, you know, I have no idea, but I saw it and I will never not remember that night when I saw it. And then I said, wow, I, and I grew, obviously I grew up in Cleveland, so there was lights everywhere. That was what I was used to. Um, But my um, astronomy professor at the University of Toledo, Jillian Bornak, I think is how you pronounce her last name. I'll look it up before the end of the podcast to share it. She's really passionate about stuff like that. And I remember I took astronomy almost three times, so I remember it. But it's there is a component that is the traditional pollution and that it's carbon dioxide that gets released, I know. And um, it disrupts human humans ability to sleep and then the environment with animals and just you not being able to see the, the natural night sky, which and until you've actually seen it. It's amazing. I mean, I've we've been on cruises. I've been on cruises many times when you're in the middle of the ocean and you're outside and you're looking up. There's nothing better than that. It's amazing. Um, what else did I want to get to? Oh, um, it looks like someone killed themselves yesterday at the Jeep plant. I wanted to see if they had any contact information so we could share at least some support line cards or... I'm sure Jen is on it, but um, the de- I haven't read many details. Uh, I believe police were investigating, but it it gives me another opportunity to sixteen to, years old to remind probably a white guy, right? I don't know. Mm. Um, that's that's the the highest age risk group, mm-hmm. um, or the highest risk group. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another opportunity for me to remind people if it ever gets to that point. Don't do it in public. Uh, don't don't do it around other people. I, the person hanged themselves. Uh, your coworkers, like you, may or if you have family members and loved ones, obviously there's going to be damage to them. Um, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't have family members and loved ones, and maybe that's why you decided to to take your life. And we're not going to be able to save every single person from from suicide and taking their life. We'll we'll help as much as as many as we can. Whether they have family or they didn't, the fact that other people had to probably see that is is scarring. So uh-huh. that's why I always say, if you're going to do it, uh, do it in a way that doesn't affect other people. I mean, yes, but also just don't do it. Well, you know, it it'll get better. It'll it doesn't have to be the answer. It doesn't have to be the solution. It will get better. You know, just. Don't do it. <laughs> like, but but no. m- maybe that person has explored all those avenues. Sure. And you weren't you, you weren't on yesterday where I was um, I was talking about that that suicide pod that I showed you the story of in Switzerland. They made a pod. Yes. Um, the physician assisted. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, different. Uh, well, no, it's you're not. Correct. It's that not. We don't know. Right. I mean, I I was mentioning yesterday, like maybe when I'm sixty. My dad's gone. The dogs are long gone. Uh, my brother and his side have created their gone. own thing. You will be married with children and have less time. And I will have lived with this brooding depression, this dysthymia for too long. And I'll say, you know what? I've not been able to, ha- to have an... Uh, it, was, it was weird. I was, I was talking about how when I was a kid, I 
was completely on board with Dr. with what Kevorkian was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how terminally ill those people were or not, but but as someone who has dealt with sadness and melancholy in their mm-hmm. life basically every day, I can totally sympathize with someone wanting to go, there's just not enough here for me. I'm not going to hurt people. Even the people that, that are there for me realize that this will finally end my pain. So I can sympathize with it. I mean, I ha- you in order to kind of help with the stigma, you have to compare it to like any other physical condition because it is no different mm-hmm. but i and i i lived through the loss of my father and the loss of thomas's mom who both lost all sense of self all sense of ability and would not have wanted to live that way but they had no choice their body was going to keep going whether they're you know well for my father my body kept his body kept going whether his mind was gone and for thomas's mom her mind was there but her body stopped so i saw what that did to them I personally would not want to go through that myself. I am, whether it's controversial or not, I believe in my right to do what I please with it's, my life. It's like, the, you know, if, even at the end. If we just talked about mm-hmm. abortion last week, it is a little different, but it's not that different from my body, my rights. No, it's not. It. I don't think it, no, I don't think it's different at all. I do believe, well... Okay, yes, you're right. Um, it's a little I, different. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the same sport. Sure, but it's just hard to hear it when it when you're referring to like depression and somebody wanting to, you know, take their life because of mental health challenges. Because I advocate that it will it gets better and it will get better. So it's just hard for me to want that for you. We say that, and I don't know if you believe this, but I do. Mm-hmm. It ain't gonna get better for everybody. Mm. Yeah, I mean, these are very human emotions for me. So I'm like, I don't want that for you, but I I also don't want you to be in pain. And that's why my caveat to all of that would be, if this person is of sound mind, like in the same way that I want someone to be, when we we talk about someone who's done done something violent, heinous, and evil, uh, some people are straight up advocates of kill them. Some other people are advocates of... um, don't kill them. Put mm-hmm. them in jail for the. I want a a trained psychologist to evaluate within that person which is the harsher punishment. Like Agreed. for like for me, mm-hmm. um, fucking put me in that chair and I will flip the switch myself because I'd rather be dead than spend the rest. Of, I I I'm not cut out for prison. <laughs> no, I realize if I did something that awful, maybe I would be, but. I will. I just I, visualized you in prison. Exactly. Thank you. I will. I will sit in the chair. I will pour a pitcher of water on my head, and then we can flip the switch together. Similarly, like if this person this is this, so dark, I think that's what that's what makes me helpful. I'm willing to go go dark. Gotcha. Out of bounds and be honest. I'm um, with you. If someone who wanted to end their life, I would want a professional to evaluate them and go. This person has nothing left. They have no family. They have no animal. They can't take care of dogs. They're they're disabled in some ways. This person, wherever they think they're going, is probably better than the life they've been living. Mm-hmm. And then into the pod. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I do believe in that and somebody's right to do that. And I believe that that should be options and opportunities with the proper guide guidance and procedures i mean if you're going to get an abortion you have to go through counseling i i've never received one but i like sad that i even feel like i have to disclose that but i know that that's part of the process so you know there's steps ahead of making that big decision so i would prefer for that to happen in this case but 
I don't know. I saw that and I just couldn't imagine when I see individuals take their lives. Like I think immediately I, I go straight to being empathetic to whatever they were facing that made them do that at that time. And like I can't imagine what um, his name is James, um, I believe. James Ballard, I believe, was his name. And I can't imagine. I tried to remember his name specifically. I cannot imagine what he must have been going through and what he must have been feeling that he felt like that was his only solution and yeah. that that was what he wanted to do um, and that he wanted to do it at work. That's, and again, that's why I, I, that's why I brought this up again. Per, people close to him are will be hurt. Um, unfortunately, now people who didn't even know him or coworkers who just saw him in passing might have had to see a horrific we'll never sight. Forget that, yeah. And that's why I say, do it at home alone, or get a pod. Um, don't do it where you can impact others. Like my, my one of my worst fears is that someone decides to jump out in the traffic one day. Yeah. And take out a couple other people with them. Uh, we talked about this before. The, there was one morning I was coming into work, and. Um, when you leave my development, I don't know if you go out this way, but you can go right and go past Friday's mm-hmm. left Tim Hortons. Mm-hmm. I looked right because mm-hmm. there were uh, uh, lights, mm-hmm. uh, police lights, emergency lights near St. John's or something. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind that I was coming into work. It was four o'clock in the morning. And I see um, that there was, it was a news story that morning and they found out that, that a guy had left the bar and just walked out into traffic. And, and that was that, yeah. that was his way of, of killing himself. And it hurt, like you, not only, it's one, it's it's a certain level of trauma mm-hmm. to see someone hanging. Mm-hmm. It's another level of trauma when you bring someone into the act like that. Like, I hope that person who ran that guy over was physically unharmed, mm-hmm. but they will not be emotionally unharmed. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's, that's years of counseling because you've taken a life. I get upset if I run over a squirrel, <laughs> like, you know, I just can't. I, but the other thing that I did think of, and this is in no way implying that this is what actually happened, but taking into consideration, you know, what happened and where it happened, I surely hope that there wasn't any kind of negligence on the workplace's part that may have caused like um, him to feel like he's not satisfied or to feel bullied or to feel not supported. I mean, we're still in a pandemic and workplaces are doing their absolute best, but people are overworked and underpaid. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do truly hope that there wasn't anything that could have prevented this from happening. Um, again, I'm not speculating as to who would be responsible for that, but just take into consideration where it happened and hopefully that that wasn't any kind of symbolism because I doubt we'll ever yeah. find out. Kind of like know. a, hey, there are mental health concerns going on here. This mm-hmm. is my way of showing it. This mm-hmm. is my morbid way of showing it. Or just, I mean, we know that in some of these plants, people have been treated poorly, not by, by other coworkers, not by like management that I know of and that has publicly been shared. And I mean, some racism that's enough to make somebody really severely like distressed. And so hopefully, you know, there wasn't anything that may have driven him to this point when it could have been avoided if it got proper attention and, um, I don't know, justice. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we overlook the fact that uh, HR is human relations and it's it's we've gotten too accustomed to them just being the people who fire everybody. Yeah. They're supposed to be there as a resource. Or CYA covering the ass of the organization compared to the covering the butts of the person or or taking care, not all HR, but taking care of the individuals that they are that are working for them. That they serve. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple of. Also, two more serious things, and then we'll, we'll lighten it up. Um, I had a doctor's appointment yesterday, two, Monday. Monday. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, having a medication switch. More details to come. Um, 
I don't know if this is because they have lost people. They've needed to bring in new people because there's a pandemic. Um, I usually see the same people in that office, though. This was a new woman mm-hmm. who I'd never met before. Nice enough, but I was a little concerned. And I'll I'll couch it at the end of it, but um, she's the nurse or whoever it is that takes all the vitals, blood pressure, blah, blah, blah. You know, how do you feel? Are you taking any medications? Are you still on the same medications? And I said right. something along the lines of, you know, I'm actually here to discuss the medications. Mm-hmm. And she said something to the effect of, I totally know what that's like when when you feel like you've, you know, you're over it. You don't need these medications anymore. My heart kind of sunk. <laughs> and here's here's my way to throw her a life preserver. Maybe she was unfamiliar with the drugs, the medications that, that I was on, because I think in Probably. in those in those <laughs> notes, it's not Cymbalta and Wellbutrin. It's the drug names or whatever. And maybe she just wasn't familiar with them. Um, I know that they can't possibly know every medication as common as they might be, but yeah, I kind of did a little side eye look with that. And was it a traditional doctor's office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that's exactly what that was. I did a um, suicide prevention training with some um, doctors from St. Vincent, and I had a conversation with them about the importance of asking those questions and how you ask them, because there's now the questions of um, have you felt depressed? Have you felt sad, like you couldn't go on? Have you had thoughts of harming yourself or harming another person? And normally that when somebody asks it, they ask it in a way like, like oh, got to ask you those questions. Like, I know this probably isn't true, but have you thought of killing yourself? And it's like, what if you actually are talking to somebody that has thought of killing themselves? That's me. <laughs> you know? when, when they ask me those questions and they're, and they're like, have you been, have you felt down or worse lately? I'm like, every damn day. Have you had suicidal thoughts? Yes, but not recently. Like, I, I answer them as, as I always mm-hmm. candidly do. Um which is great because you can do that, but for some of the others, you know, that's why it's helpful. You're right to throw her a bone and say, mm, might want to answer these in more of a less uniform and more serious just because they are serious questions. Have you fallen and can't get up? That's a serious question. Well, wait, are you saying that I should be more concerned that she didn't know what those medications, that how she took the, especially if she knew those medications? I don't think she did. Okay, good. I don't think she did. Okay, good. Because like that, that would sub. That would support the old mindset of, oh, I'm over my depression now. No, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. I no. mean, that happens to a lot of people. Yeah, it does. And that's why we talk about these things. Yeah. Like, you have it forever. For a life. Faux life. I mean, she was being sweet. Like, there wasn't anything wrong with it. But mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. <laughs> the other kind of serious thing, and I'm going to leave all the names out of this, except for the fact that it was a uh, situation with the blade. So, um, and there was... I am probably the biggest cheerleader for the blade, generally speaking, mm-hmm. like what they provide in this entire area. Um, and then I, if I have to, to detail it down a little bit more, it's like if you hate the, who owns them again? The blocks. Mm-hmm. If you hate the blocks and all that nonsense, fine. But support these hardworking journalists mm-hmm. who get us the best information mm-hmm. and the most detailed information and stories in among all of our media. Um, so support the writers and beyond. Uh, but I have criticism now. So a friend asked me to reach out about a story that was done years ago, but it's out there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as we, as everybody knows, if it's on the internet once it's there forever. Um, now what? 
Arby's. Ooh. The biggest prize we could have. No, seriously, people will text like crazy for the Arby's. What is it? Arby's gift card. Really? Really, tons of text messages. No shade to Arby's, but their chicken sandwich is two chicken tenders put on a piece of bread because they don't have patties. It's fine. There you go. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I think there needs to be three. Anyway. Three. Okay. Um, so they there's a Blade article from years ago that is troubling uh, a friend of mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. And this is not like someone leveling criticism at a movie critic or a politician saying, how dare you write this about me? Mm-hmm. It's really uh, about a family that's going through kind of a crisis. So they asked me to reach out, um, and I did. And I got, and this person should have some idea of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, in, this person is in the person from the Blade. Yeah, okay. I think they're, they're like the city editor or something. Sure. Like they're, they're someone who decide, makes decisions about content at, at the Blade. And I follow this person. His name's Mike Bryce mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, and I explained the situation, and I said, look, I know that things are out there and they can be tied to other you know, news sites, but I would appreciate it if you could scrub it. And I got a, a one-line response saying, it's our policy to not do that. Essentially that. And I'm not surprised. I was disappointed mm-hmm. in that there wasn't some sympathy attached to that. If there were some sympathy attached to it, I wouldn't even be talking about it right now. In fact, I might even be quite complimentary because mm-hmm. I can understand why, you know, why you took it down for them. Why can't you take it down for me? And mm-hmm. sometimes it's better to just say no to everybody. But the fact that there was no sympathy, me explaining that there's a family in crisis really irked me. I find out from the person who asked me to reach out, this person reached out to Mike Bryce's boss several weeks ago at the outset of all this and didn't hear anything back. So I'm a little irate Mm. and this is extremely disappointing. His response almost sounds like they, like your request must not have been the first one, you know, like it's very curt and short and icy and right. Like uncomfortable. It, It rubs you the wrong way especially considering the context of what you guys are probably talking about. You're doing a good job of keeping that secret because I have no idea what you're talking about, but just in general. So was it something, it wasn't misinformation. It was just information that was not like, um, wasn't the information that wasn't good for someone that's maybe causing them distress still Mm -hmm. currently. Yep. And it's so old that it should, there should be no problem with removing it. I guarantee it sounds like there, that, that wasn't the first time he was asked to do something like that or that there may be conversations internally going on about that maybe? You mean like have other people asked about this situation? or Maybe. Well, just the one that went above this person's head to start with. Um, I emailed from my Cumulus account. Mm -hmm. And again, this person should have like some inkling of who I am and I'm asking for for a favor. And, And I was, obviously I explained this fairly clearly. Um, so I kind of wanted a favor done, mm-hmm. but I'm bothered at at how brusque and terse the response was. Yeah, I would be too. I mean, that I don't I don't find it to be. It's just rude. <laughs> there isn't. It's like I don't have time for you. I'm going to respond to this really quick and hit send. Um, and for his boss to ignore the situation, yeah. which okay, fine, um, but still. Um, 
I was trying to call that's in a, too a, bad. A, a, yes. And all it would have taken is, hey, I'm sorry that situation is happening, but we just have a very strong policy. And okay, I appreciate you taking the time, but not even that. Just not our policy. So we're going to file that one under this motherfucker. <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to have to turn the microphone off for a second because I've been, this is a great evergreen topic that we've not gotten to. Um, we have, I think now, more popular, talented female rappers than at any other time I can remember. You think so? I think so. I might mm. be wrong. And I, I'm not trying to be like old sounding here, but there will, there's no one now better than Missy. If for no other reason than she was multi-talented in the fact that she could, she was producing so much as well. That's true. And um, you remember the lyrics, the uncensored versions of Work It, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Chocha and all that stuff mm-hmm. and that one minute man. But it seems like maybe starting with Cardi and then trickling down to Megan mm-hmm. and I'm going to play another song for you. And there's there's another song, uh, Lotto Big Energy. LA, By who? It's a girl. It, 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 L-A-T-T-O. It's called Big Energy. I think it's Big Dick Energy. And maybe it's just that we have more women who are talented and have hit songs, but it seems like they have finally reached where men have yes. been with their sexuality. Yes. And I want to play, um, I don't know, the, the one girl is Ari Lennox. Okay. And I'm going to play this for you. i got to turn the mics off so you can hear it. And this is an, ex- an example of this. It's Vito, baby. I'm just crushing on you. Just crushing on, crushing on, crushing. When we're playing no rules. I'm going to make it juicy for you. Yeah, you make it juicy. Can you ride it like it's 85? Ooh. Open up, I see that pussy smile. Yeah. Ooh, it's tight, I know it's been a while. Uh, full of that ass, girl, let's take it down. You tell the way that you walk, ain't no underwear. Uh, put it on my face, girl, I love the way you taste. Glad that I got you right here. I'm just crushing on you. So that's mostly the dude. But you heard the girl. That's that's the girl, Ari Lennox. She's not rapping, though. She's singing. She's singing. She's singing. Okay, so I love that. It, Did they sample Aaliyah? I don't think so. What's, Sounds like it. What song Sounds are you like thinking? Well, like you're, a... the, the Normani and Cardi B song does sample Aaliyah. Does it's it? the worst sample of any song. Like, I didn't, I always oh. catch a sample. <laughs> they sampled one in a million, and I was like, not very well. That song reminds me of, um, was it, it was Jeremiah or somebody who did birthday sex. Yes, he did birthday sex. Also, it's, it has like, a maybe it's the dream that I'm thinking of. There's Could like be. A, the dream in there. I love it. So I was, I mean, I was blushing. <laughs> like I was like blushing over here because I've, <laughs> I like it. That's a good one. I'm going to have to listen to that. What's it called? Uh, Unloyal. Juicy, Juicy Ari Leto. 
Uh, Ari Lennox. Anyway, um, I'm for. I'm here for it. Look, good job, I, Ari. I'm not. I'm. I'm absolutely not being critical whatsoever. I'm simply pointing out that for decades, men, whether you're talking like big '90s '80s hair rock, yes, dudes or rappers. Yes. I don't think there's really anybody else. It. It's been. Dick swinging all over these songs, edited yes. for for pop radio yes. and radio hits, and it seems like thanks to like Cardi and Megan, yes, they have reached an equal level to how men are singing about their sexuality. I am here for it. I I love it. That's a good song. Um, let me give you an, let me give you the Lotto one. Okay. Okay. Who that? Hey, Dad. When you gonna stop playing? Yeah, bitch, I could be a fantasy. I could tell you got big D energy. It ain't too many niggas that can handle me. But I might let you try it out the Hennessy. Make them sing to this pussy like a melody. And if your bitch ain't right, I got the remedy. It ain't Let's go! I just won. Let's get back to work, man. I quit. Where are you going? Tell me how you want it. Three, two, one, and I'm on it. Feel good, don't it? Hood, bitch, fuck you in a bunny. I'ma bust it on a pole like. In a bonnet? Not in a bonnet? I've done that before. <laughs> Until it comes off. Anyway, um, I know that song because apparently it's really popular to sample, to like put snippets of your song on TikTok for it to go viral, which I think is a bad idea because I won't listen to that song because I've heard it over and over again on TikTok. So I don't know if that's a great concept. Um, But (laughs) I like what she was rapping about. I mean, I've definitely like... Had sexy time with my bonnet on. Have you ever seen a woman in a bonnet? I have no idea what she's talking about. You've never slept with next to a woman in a bonnet? No. What is that? I'll tell you. So, um, I'm almost... And again, I have no issues with this. Like, I'm so happy that that women have reached this level of sexuality with hit songs and they're mm-hmm. not afraid to talk about wet this, dripping that, and you can really thank Megan and Cardi for it, but no. Yeah, I have to sleep in that every night. No. My brother said that's why he would never marry me. I was like, thank God, I don't want to marry you. <laughs> my brother? <laughs> my fucking brother. Because um, I have to sleep in a cute bonnet. Thomas says I look like the guy from Mario. Oh, Jerry just came in here and like... That was tra- Russ. R- no, that wasn't. That was Jerry. That was Jerry and tried really hard not to look at me when I was like, mm-hmm. have you ever done that where you're trying to get somebody's attention to say hey and they're, it's like they're trying their hardest not to like... Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, I, hi I Jerry. I think everybody is still a little unaccustomed to seeing people back in here, but... That's fair. Um, I'm actually more upset with that song, even though it does a really great job of sampling Mariah. Yes. The fantasy remix, which yes. is originally... I hate myself for not knowing the sample of that. Oh, I'm going to kill myself. Is it... Um, no, I'm not going to kill... say that. Bad Sorry. podcast to say that on. Is it like a Puff Daddy? No, it's like it's a bad '80s song. Oh, fan! Everybody's yelling. This is one of those yell at your radio kind of moments. Don't yell at him; he's sensitive. No, I'm fine. I was Tom Tom Club. Oh. Tom 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 Club. Genius of love. Oh yeah, I wouldn't on that. It's because you're old. Well, I only knew that. No, it's because I work in radio. Here, I pulled it up. Mm-hmm. One more thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about this with, with uh, Mary last week. We both have an equal level of anger um, with grammar in certain parts of English. 
and I came across something to, and you, you'll appreciate this. You, you can get into this because I think you'll agree. Um, I guess there's a word that's arisen from TikTok called situationship. That didn't come from TikTok. I've heard it many times. It's when you're not in a relationship, but you've got something going on. I think it also, like, the term talking was used very often in my, like, mm. teenage years. So what, what, who's that person to you? And it's like, oh, we're talking. So it's like we're talking, but we're, we never actually went to the relationship. I, I looked it up and it showed up. I don't know. And this is an urban dictionary. A romantic or sexual relationship that is not considered to be formal or, or established. So I just read the TikTok, like popularized this. And when I read that, I literally threw something because I'm <laughs> I am sick of making I'm sick of new words for things we already had descriptions for. You said talking to. I would say you could say this is heavier or lighter. Seeing someone. See, seeing like, someone is the adult version. <laughs> like when you didn't want to commit because you didn't know if your friends liked this person mm-hmm. or you were only hooking up with them because it was convenient. Mm-hmm. And you, maybe they weren't exactly who you wanted to date. Seeing someone is when you want to keep it a secret. Talking to or situationship is when you're when you're like dropping names. I am talking to, you know, when Thomas and I, before we made it official, we were talking to each other, you know. We had like we didn't have a situationship. We were actively dating, but I had many situationships before I met him. <laughs> he doesn't listen to the podcast. That'll be fine. My my anger with m- new words for things we've already had words and descriptions for. Yeah, yeah. And TikTok did not create that. I mean, let's list out the names that of things that TikTok allegedly created, and it's like I've been doing that for ten years. Doing yes, but new names for yeah, like uh, Vin- hair rollers, all sorts of stuff. Vinny reminded me today that uh, it came and died. Maybe it, it was never even that popular. Do you remember Chugi? <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend has an entire album that says Chugi things, and it's just her and her pictures with her family and like taking pictures of her meals before she eats it. And it's, I'm, it's hilarious. I'm trying to figure out if. If Chugi was like, um, remember what, in 2015 or 2016, all those clowns were scaring people or they said people were being scared, but we never found the clowns? Like, I don't know if Chugi was ever actually a thing. Maybe it was just for a couple of people, but it never seemed to take over culture as some things did. It's hard to... It's hard to determine that because I feel like it was a thing for us because we had to talk about it because of the podcast, but for other people who don't, who, you know, don't have a finger on stuff like this, probably didn't even know what it was. Right. Yeah. That's funny. Damn TikTok. Mm. I enjoy it, though. It's very entertaining. Uh, it, it has surpassed Vine to me. <sighs> it has surpassed it. It has. How do you do the cross thing? I'm doing the cross thing. What cross thing? You cross yourself or something. Oh, I don't know. The, God, I miss the, it. I loved Vine. Vine was ahead of its time. It has surpassed Vine. <laughs> I am still in shock sometimes by somebody texts me like a TikTok video and I'm like, you're on TikTok? They're like, oh, and I'm always surprised by who it is. There's not a day goes by where where (laughs) I don't play a song for Russ or something like we should consider or something or, or, you know, whatever. He's like, oh, yeah, I know that from TikTok. I'm like, you too. So you actually watch them? I don't send you TikTok. Okay, because I don't send you TikTok videos. I made one, and I didn't even send it to you because I said, you're not going to watch it. Do you know, Vinny just sent me something earlier, and I, I do see TikToks pop, popping up on um, t- 
Twitter, but he asked me if I know if I knew what Detroit urban security training videos were. <laughs> Tommy's hates those. He's like, this is so funny. So yes, can you explain what they are? Because if it's I, what I think it is, show me a show me like a picture. Okay, yes. So there's this guy based out of Detroit that is like trying to tell people how to defend themselves and Thomas and Thomas I mean on a daily basis he's talking shit about this guy and for for context Thomas did arm security in Detroit when I met him and he had been doing it almost 10 years so he's very like skilled in it and Thomas says verbatim this guy is going to get someone killed <laughs> like okay so and th- th- this is why this is why I can't watch videos for as many brilliant videos are as there are, there's a, there's just there's ten times that the bad ones. So I did find this one funny. And he's like struggling. <laughs> so somebody took the play of that is going to get someone killed. He's someone get else someone killed. mimicked it. <laughs> And the guy who mimicked it is in heaven next. And that's when I'll be missing you plays. I'm sorry. I was laughing so like, hard. When Vinny sent me that, I didn't know. I didn't know if, it, if this was legitimate or not. It is. There is legitimately a guy that is trying to show these self-defense videos. And it's like, you're going to get someone killed. And um, I mean, Thomas will just sit there and watch them and just laugh. And I mean, this is someone who has been in many shootouts, who has had to like fight people, who has had to stop fights, who has had to, you know, take a gun from someone so they didn't shoot people. So, um, it, you know, from that perspective, this guy probably hasn't experienced any of that. None. And somehow- he probably lives in. <laughs> He probably lives in what's the most? He probably lives in West Bloomfield in a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar Farmington home. Hills. Farmington Hills is far more integrated than I was. I had to go out for like he's either in Bloomfield Hills or West Bloomfield. That is hilarious. I mean, it's it's a it's like a common. Um, they're common in our household to watch those, uh, just because he finds it to be so funny. And I'm just you know I laugh along with him, but yeah, that's that's funny that it's gotten to Vinny. Um, all right, we're done. Very good. I don't have anything else. You have to say bye-bye. Oh, are we ready? Yeah. Uh, bye-bye.